0: And welcome to another post-conference presser for Anfield Index. I'm your normal host, Dave Davis, coming to you from a pretty windswept and dull Edinburgh. However, it is not dull in everything to do with the Reds, is it? 24 hours or so until the first home game of the season. Anfield cannot wait. Simple as that. And we've got a new signing to talk about and many things. So it'll be the usual format, ladies and gents. We'll run through everything Jurgen Klopp covered in the press conference. There was uh, some juicy and interesting ones today, no doubt about that. We'll also look at the lessons learned from Chelsea. We'll talk about the threats that Bournemouth may possess in our first home game. And then I'll do my normal predicted lineup and the score and first scorer. So feel free to comment when this comes out who you think that will be as well. So let's get right into it. Jurgen Klopp's press conference. He, uh, he said a lot, and my, my synopsis of it would probably be that I haven't seen Klopp be that almost open, that detailed, maybe give give so much away so naturally. There was an element of straight batting, as it were, in certain points, but, but it's important to say it was quite honest and open, which we know. Sometimes works, but has counted against him in the past. So keep an eye out for normal embargo later on. And they got into it, didn't they? The first questions as ever from Vinny O'Connor, Sky Sports. We know how it works. I would say sly, but interesting questions. So I was asked in the, the last few weeks, you know, you, you've had attempts of at three players as in Lavia, Kaiseido. And now, you, you know, we've got Endo Watoro through the door. So how does he compare to the other two? An interesting opening line from Klopp, which I'm sure you'll see snipped by a few things in the emphasis. So happy we've got an agreement with the club and with the player, which is really cool. So, yeah, maybe a lot been said, but he knew what he was doing with that definitely, didn't he? Happy to have Endo. I'm from Germany. I watch a lot of the Bundesliga. I really liked him from the start and then he used the phrase quite often throughout his press conference. And He's a late bloomer. For the way our owners see it, he's already too old and he had a real chuckle and laugh at this. But, yeah, and that was from when he said when he was joining Stuttgart, but I have a different view. When you have a problem, you can either stick to the problem or you can find a solution, and we found a solution. So he went back to the question saying, yeah, if we are comparing the players, he's a similar position, similar profile. He's a really good footballer, but he jumps through the ceiling Loves defensive challenges. He's tactically really smart. He's got a big heart and desire. He's a good overall package. And I'm really happy we've got him. I love the way Jurgen answered this. I've got to be honest, because there's been a lot talked about with the Caicedo. There's been a lot talked about with the the Lavia deal and what happened there in this week. But the focus is now, as you rightly said, that's done. We've got Endo through the door. So we have, whatever you think of it, a defensive midfielder, a number six, however you wish to put it in our ranks. We don't know if he's going to play at all. We don't know if he's going to be registered. We'll come to that later. However, love the way Jürgen described him here. Jumps through ceilings, loves defensive challenges. Tactically, really, really smart. Big heart and desire. Let's be honest, all the things that we know this team is probably, or this squad, is lacking a bit right now. Yeah, we've got lots of, as people put, conductors we need the piano carriers don't we so to speak as the analogy goes so this sounds like we got one and jesus the boy wears a gum shield to play football the man has cult hero written all over him but let's see because bundesliga commentators pundits have been quite you know quick to praise us and Klopp mentioned this as well earlier today you know you've got a great sign in there so let's see how smart it is fingers crossed Then Benio kind of followed up around the Caicedo and Lavia. It's a bit sly, maybe you could argue. Did they have text? You know, did they FaceTime? What was it? Straight back to this. No doubts about it, ladies and gents. I've got nothing to say about this. The transfer business is like that, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. That stays between me and the other parties. I love that. Cover drive by Jurgen Klopp for four straight down the ground. That's why you should do more often. Vido Connor then asked about further activity and any interests and naturally it's a normal question. I'm not going to blame him for asking that at all. It's right to ask it. Said the window's open, and until then, anything can happen. Now I should have preluded to this that he had asked about outgoings, you know, Saudi links to players and incomings, that type of thing. So he said, from outgoings, nothing will happen from my side, but I'll learn a lot of things in this window. So we'll see that. And everyone knows what he's talking about there with Fabinho, Hendo, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Incomings, there's still time, so let's have a look to see what we will do. I think people have got quite strong thoughts on this, haven't we? So, yeah, probably. I think everyone wants another defensive midfielder or number six, uh, another midfielder at least of a certain type, and ideally, ideally, a left-sided defender. We know we want that, and we see the the names. That's not the show for this that have been linked to recently, however. Let's hope more gets done in that regard. It then was asked about Salah substituted, you know, with his feroes, stomping off, throwing down his tapings, all that type of stuff. Again, lovely, straight down the ground, over the bowler's head for six, this one. It was now a week ago that almost dismissive of it. I like this. We've had He's, he's had, I should say, Salah a super training week, and I hope he can take that into the game. There's nothing else to say since then nothing else has happened I like that I like this he's answered it that way because it wasn't one of those that was a big deal it wasn't Sadio Mane say against United uh, Old Trafford sort of reaction it was a case of a player wasn't happy to come off good what's wrong with that absolutely nothing yeah it's probably frustrated the way it's gone that type of thing but we want players like Mo Salah to be happy it's not in his makeup when he's coming off we know this Additionally, wasn't Lan Sadio didn't shake his hand and all that. It's just the way he is. He ignored him. they probably had a chat. If they have, who cares? It's done. Then there was an interesting question about Endo and how he could help the new signings, i.e. Alexis McAllister, Dominic Zebosli. I liked this question. I have to be completely honest. And said it was a bit of a, again, a prelude to that. That was like, it'll help. Alexis play in a, his normal position as opposed to the six that he's played. Jurgen Klopp was always corrective a little bit at first, says it, number six is Mac- Macca's best position in moments. But, and this is important, you know, the, the way it's played, the way he's had to play, it's helped us a lot in the recent game. Dom, he, and he was really effusive with his praise for Zip-Boss, like Effusive, that's a good word for Friday, isn't it? Especially impressively physically. I didn't expect his work rates. So that was super cool. Being on that an intense level until the end was pretty special. So, yeah, I know it's that. You know, you shout out as a boss, like I ran his heart out. But it's maybe something we expect, but it's still notable. Macca was really helpful and our problems didn't come from the position of Macca. They came because we didn't play enough football and we got into a rush after the equaliser. Really like that from the boss. Yeah, I think it could easily just be looked at as that position, but there was a lot of things that were lacking, shall we say. So that was maybe not too surprising. He then went on to say, "We what we actually lacked was rhythm, and 35 possession was a joke, but it should not happen. But it did. That's the way it is. With the ball, we were in too much of a rush. So I don't think we necessarily turned anything we didn't know as red, but maybe a bit of a prelude to naturally, which again, we know really, but why he's targeting Endo, why they're looking in that area of the market. Then an interesting question because it's been a hot topic, hasn't it? Our left-hand side, Andy Robertson, the defence as a whole, and understandably, don't get me wrong, but a really interesting topic and a good question I think is to ask. He was asked about the Chelsea game. Was it you know difficult, but was that area of concern down that channel, down that left-hand side, you know, in the the defending element, and then even on the right-hand side in the second half. Answered this really well, I thought. The best way to defend is to keep the ball. It's always the best way to defend, especially with the proven quality in the Premier League. You know, Chelsea are, are a good side and... I like the way you said this as well. You know, you look at all the attacking talents they've got. This room together couldn't go through all of them. Had a bit of a giggle there, and I think a few in the press room did. And it's too early to talk about weaknesses on a wing. The best way to defend is always to keep the ball. Now, there's two real things to this, two real things. The first one is, I understand it. I've You know, I've said it, me and Trevor talked about it in our desires on the transfer pod. Everyone would like a left-sided defender for a number of reasons. That's no secret. It's not a joke. We know how that works. Yeah, we know why as well. And about Robbo as well, and I can understand people talking about his position, not criticised him directly, because especially I thought, and I'll talk about it a bit later, that he was almost abandoned at times down that side. It used to be in context, but this is not the right time for Jürgen, as he never would do, publicly to talk about needing to reinforce. So, what he says and what he does, as we know, are often different. But I like the way he answered that. And then an interesting question. The, the last one I really want to focus on from James Pierce, his good old mate, his old friend, as it were. So, asked, you know, with it being a tricky week, is it harder to attract players to Liverpool? Now, this was a lengthy answer, so we'll go through it bit by bit. He said, it's nothing to do with Liverpool Everything is more difficult, and you know the reasons. And anything I say about that, you probably know it already. So, we all had that. We know where this goes with James Pearce, so to speak. Before, and that's not a criticism of him, just where Jurgen could sometimes go. Some clubs have a different way to do it, and no one understands how really, but they do it. We know who he's talking about there. As a normal club, it's really difficult to catch up. I don't blame anyone, it's just how it is. Then he went a bit further. The Saudi window is still open, and if a player is unhappy, you know, and not in their team, that may come up again. And in this European traditional league, traditional as he described it, that's what we need to do. That Saudi money now comes about, and the endless money—it does cause a problem. It would be cool if someone found a solution, and maybe this might surprise you if you've not seen it. Maybe something like regulation. And he had a big giggle, but. It's not difficult to convince players to come to Liverpool. I could have called a million players, but got to the right ones. We won't use money or anything else as an excuse. We will go for it with everything we have. We will do it in our own way and we will continue to fight. Wow, quite a bit to unpack there. A bit of straight batting with a bit of slaying, reverse sweeping, trying to slog all over the place. Really and that's why I said at the start, maybe more open than you'd normally think in certain circumstances. So I get that. It's not difficult. He answered that perfectly, that bit. It's the meat, the fill in the middle of the sandwich, isn't it, about the the Saudi club, the clear dig at Chelsea, let's be honest. We know what, what that absolutely is, type of thing, but you could argue whether we needed to go there, and I have no doubt some of this will be clicked, sound bited, whatever you want to call it, already being digged at by others, but there we go. That will be the focus for others. My main focus is there's still time. I talk that like that. Liverpool are still looking in the market. And bearing in mind, even after Endo, even after that, Liverpool should have roughly, give or take, about £95 million minimum from the Caicedo part, or what was bid minimum. We expect to see more. In. And I'll let you all decide yourselves on the merits of a Gravenberch to Corey Andre, et cetera, et cetera. But that is not, ladies and gents, what this show is about. So moving on from Klopp's comments, let's have a talk about Chelsea lessons. So a hell of a game for the neutrals, wasn't it? End-to-end at times as well. A real A 1-1, say slugfest almost, but a 1-1 draw. We know Luis Diaz's opener after a great ball by Salah. We know that the second was disallowed, wasn't it, when Trent plays through Salah. Maybe the game could well, would have been probably a whole different picture, but it wasn't. Chelsea then equalised, don't they, from a second phase of a set piece, which you know will be super disappointing to, to Klopp and everyone that way. And then, to be honest, from then, it was all Chelsea, wasn't it, realistically, for the great majority, bar the odd flash, like the Nunez deflection, you know, McAllister not quite playing Darwin in, that type of thing. But essentially, it was largely Chelsea in that regard. The key stat, less than 40% possession for the Reds, which we know Jürgen commented on. Yeah, honest thoughts on it will probably be that I'm not sure we learned that much that we didn't already know, to be honest. We knew this team's offensive and it can create chances and make things happen. We knew there was an imbalance to the team. We know about the six, know, not having a natural McAllister going in there. It would have an effect. We knew it was a bit of a gamble on Gakpo and it probably didn't really work out did it in fact we actually looked better when the subs of Jones and Elliot came on I wouldn't say a control but a semblance of control was something you would really point out and we normally ask does anyone play their way in or does anyone play their way out in all honesty there's still a few notable performances I have to say and a bit of kudos to the two new boys I think Klopp Name-checks of Bosley, didn't he run his heart out? He helped cover down his side quite well. There was that giddy dribble, wasn't there, into the box when Jotha took him, took it off him. Understandably, understandably, but you would have loved to have just seen him hit it. You know, it had magic written all over it at first, didn't you? As you were on the edge of the seat. McAllister, yeah, passed it well. Beautiful ball for, for Salah just before his assist, wasn't it? You know, I think probably the two things that they probably took was, this is Liverpool right now exhausted by the end of it, but two notable debuts, so that was pleasing to see. Other things that were pleasing to see, Alisson, you rely on him, he's like Kane, time and time again, he hits the spot, same again, big saves at big times, it's almost just what you expect from the, the holy goal, as it were, weren't, weren't we so happy with that? And also, I think it is fair to say, Overall, in a difficult game for them as well, I think Canate and VVD, the two centre-backs, did well. I think, you know, you've got to give them a shout. They were under pressure a lot. Sometimes there wasn't always the cover there, but I think overall they did really well. So kudos to them on it as well. On the other side, yeah, this will be interesting. I don't want to be too critical, but there are naturally a few things against the forwards and when I say I'd say the attacking however you want to put it but Jota I think did very very little of of note, didn't seem to hold it up well lost possession didn't really seem to to be a danger on the break I I don't really think he did what we needed him to do That, that was something that I think will be looked at you always feel sometimes Diogo's better coming on or starting from the left it just always seems better that way I'm never sure it works with him in the middle personally just my thoughts the other side as well, cut listen, Cody Gakpo is an intelligent footballer. We know that. He's smart. There's a lot of things we like about Gakpo. Neil Jones even put him, and I understand this, as you know, potential player of the year, that there's a lot of positives to be said about Cody Gakpo. However, he was the left sided, you know, we'd have to call it the uh, the attacking one of the, the midfield three, as it were, the Curtis Jones role. There was times, it had to be said, and you can say what you want on this, people, because I wasn't counting them at home, but three times at least, he almost just abandoned that position and just almost ran to the middle to press, and they just played round him and quickly down there. And Diaz came back a few times, I saw, but it didn't really do the, the best. There was numerous times you could see Robbo was being overrun by Sterling and James. They had real joy down that side. And for all the people having to go at Robbo, he, he was outnumbered. He was kind of half and half, wasn't he? Do I go? Do I stay? It was really difficult for him. There comes a time when the midfielder, the person there needs to do a job and help protect him. And he just wasn't doing it, Cody, and he wasn't doing enough going forward. I mean, if you're doubting me, there was a reason those two were the, the ones that were hooked. And there was also a reason why we looked better when Jones and Elliot were on Combined with Reese James getting his typical hammy and being out for 17 years. So yeah, but that that is something that just to consider. So when I say play their way out, I'm not convinced we'll see Gakpo at left side today. But who knows? Who knows? We'll have to see. So moving on to the Bournemouth game. I mean, they are a, a fascinating team, they really are. I mean, they got a one-all draw on the opening day against West Ham at home. It was a really late equaliser from a player we know, Dom Dom Dion, Dom Dom Solanke, a 4-2-3-1. And they play their fullbacks really attacking as well. And there was always a suspicion of that with this new manager. He's known for his pressing attacking football. It's all something that um, Jürgen sort of checked the mentioned in the press conference as well. Interestingly, if you think we had about 37% possession away at Chelsea, they Dominated possession at home against West Ham. They had about 63% possession, but very much if you just watch the highlights or look back, very much traded shot for shot. Which, which in our current climate, I tell you what, I would not I won't be against that. I've got to be honest. You know, if they if they went out and it was attack versus attack, you know, I'd, you know, I'd take a four-two or something like that, especially in the current climate. But let's see but their threats kind of as we said their manager likes to play attacking football they're an aggressive side that way as well like they've got Billing or Phillip, as he wants to be known now they, you know, they've got some you know m- monsters with physicality there and we know the problems they gave us when we w- we just weren't prepared and we weren't on it away there last season that 1-0 defeat they press really hard those fullbacks are, are two to watch as well we know Aarons and I think it's Kerkers Mils Kerkers, another Hungarian who so will come up against Big Dom they are attacking, they're aggressive, so it will be fascinating to see what they do realistically. And Jurgen Klopp did say, I do think they'll have a real go. So it might not be the the city, and especially as people be thinking, listen, we pumped these nine 0 last season. This is a very completely different game and different team, unfortunately. There's not a, a Burke in a Cardi and Scott Parker on the sideline this time, I'm afraid will be interesting to watch, as will Dom Solanke. So, yeah, there's definitely some threats there. Probably onto the stuff that that people are really concerned with—the lineup for us. Now, there's a there's a few ways Jurgen could do this, and there's a few things to say before we get into it. Jurgen's unsure if naturally endos work permit registration is fully cleared. He didn't mention Curtis at all. Now, there's been talks, obviously, this week that Curtis has been out with a swollen ankle, so that that's through a lot of fan sites, different places, but he didn't mention him at all. He did say, maybe a bit sad for some, that Badge and Tiago were really close, but they're not quite ready, and we really rely on them. So, the smart money for now, you never know if Liverpool are playing games, but Endo, Curtis, Badge and Tiago bench rolls at best, I think, for those. wouldn't be surprised if one or two of those are not in there, but bench rolls at best. So what does that leave us? For me, a couple of things. The back five picks itself. I suspect we'll play the box, the hybrid, the Trent formation, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, Ali, VBD, Canate, Robbo and Trent. Midfield and forwards. This is probably the interesting ones, isn't it? Now, midfield-wise... You can't drop the two of it, as in Maka and Dom. So, if it's the Bosley and McAllister, the other midfielder, I don't think, I can't see him going again for Gakpo, but who knows. Based on what we saw against Chelsea, the fact that Curtis, I think is going to be out. I can't put him in there. I'd actually say the smart one he goes on, Harvey Elliott. So, McAllister playing the six and Harvey coming in, mainly because of the effect he had when he came on. I'm not, not saying he's absolutely superb. i not saying he's actually rubbish. You know, it's, it's not that simple. But energy and a natural midfielder who can run in there. I do also suspect when I'm saying this that that naturally the subs will be ringed at different times. And don't be surprised if Endo, if Endo and Badge and Thiago are on the bench, they'll probably get minutes of sorts in simple terms. We've got to get them up to speed somehow, haven't we? Because there's no pre-season anymore. So that's what I think. Elliot, McAllister, Zaboslai. Like? That's our middle three. The front three. It's always Salah and two others. Let's be honest. I don't care what people say about him. dropping, losing the ball, second all that, blah, blah, blah. The man still had a goal disallowed by a ball hair, basically, with a lovely finish. And it was a great pass. We know he's still our major attacking threat. It's Salah and two others. For me... This again isn't a dig, but aside from the goal, he really faded Luis Diaz. But I expect him to start on that left hand side. I really don't know if he will, but with it being Bournemouth and home and not Chelsea away, would love to see him play Darwin. I really would just go for it for once. You have a bit of faith in him, really, really back him. You know, tell him you're my number nine, that type of thing for this one. And Darwin, you know. So the, the spearhead I'll, the smart money is telling me and I get that people think well, it's going to be Gappo, isn't it in that normal formation and I, it wouldn't surprise me it probably is going to be that but maybe it's the heart talking more than the head but the big shagger the ramrod of the forward the pace that he brings it just takes Bournemouth right back it creates space listen he's chaos isn't he we don't even know what he's doing at times but I'd love to see it. Do I think it will be? Probably not, but I don't care. Don't come at me. I am saying Nunes is going to start. And the final one that leads is to the score and scorer. Now, thinking that Endo doesn't start, thinking about who he said, close but not ready, as it were. I think it's got goals at both ends on it. I really do. As long as we win, listen, that's all that matters before we head up to St. James's Park. But three points is crucial here. So that's all I really care about. However, I'm going to go 3-1. And then go 3-1. And I'm going to go Mo Salah to open the scoring. Just a bit of a a point to prove, hopefully, with that to everyone. Not that he ever has a point to prove, but we know what he's like internally. We know his character. So 3-1, Mo Salah to open up the scoring. And listen, if you do listen to this, ladies and gents, it's much appreciated. If you do listen to this, feel free to put your score and your scorer in the the sort of comments. And there's a few that that did that. And some people got it right right last week. So really well done to them. However, fingers crossed, it's three points against Bournemouth on Saturday. And that was another post-conference presser for Anfield Index.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show.